Um, Bershus, uh, the Murda Asra, who I'm a big admirer of, uh, and Norelli Wicken is very well respected throughout the community, uh, for his leadership and as a Talmud Chacham, so it's a covet to speak for his Kehillah. Al Khurban Beis Hamikdash, Kihuras, Vichihudash. Over the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash that was torn down and trampled upon, I will eulogize every year a new eulogy. These are the words of Rav Lezer HaKalir and Kinnah Chavdalid, where basically Rav Lezer HaKalir says that every year he'll compose a new eulogy, a new mourning. What does Rav Lezer HaKalir mean that every year he'll compose a new mourning? Nothing new happened. We know the story, same old. It is what it is. The story is static, nothing has changed. The Samigdash has been destroyed. It lays in ruins for 2,000 years. Nothing has changed with the situation. What does Rebbe Lezer HaKalir mean? That every year he will compose a new eulogy. As last year, this may be a very difficult Tishabav. Last year we were coming after an entire year of a global pandemic, financial crisis. Who doesn't know Someone whose life was lost, whose life has not been profoundly affected, but we thought this year things were getting back to normal. And then blow after blow, Mehron, Stalin, Surfside. And to add insult to injury, we have to sit on the floor on Tisha B'Av again and mourn and try to connect with the Beis HaMikdash that we have a hard time relating to. Is there any way that the tragedies that we've experienced over the last year can somehow make Tisha B'Av more meaningful to us and somehow connect with Tisha B'Av in a more profound way. The Medrash Necha Rabbah, Parsha Aleph, Ois Aleph. It's also Gemara Sanhedrin, Kaftalit. The Gemara tells us the story of a tzubrach and a woman in the neighborhood of, Rabbi, of Rabban Gamliel. It says the Medrash, V'hoyola ben Tishachoyres, she had a young child. Umais and the child died. And this woman would cry for her child every night. And Gamliel would hear her voice. Says the Medrash, And Gamliel would remember the destruction of the temple. Until his eyelashes fell out. And the Talmidim Ram Gamliel basically had to ask her to relocate because it was causing the Rebbe, physical and emotional distress. But what, what is very curious is that which the Medrash says, that when Ram Gamliel heard the cry of the woman, he too cried for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. What about the woman's cry reminded Ram Gamliel about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? Says Rav Gifter, from this Medrash we learn a great principle. That Ram Gamliel, with his discerning ear and his sensitive heart and his attuned soul, he was able to perceive and trace back the root cause of this woman's personal tsar, that it wasn't an isolated situation, it wasn't one particular difficult circumstance. Ram Gamliel was, a, was able to trace back the shoyresh of her tsar was Chorbin Beis HaMikdash. And therefore Ram Gamliel, instead of crying for this woman's personal tragedy, he cried for the source of it, namely the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Basically from this matter, says Rav Gifter, we see all personal suffering, all personal 
challenge is rooted in the Chorban. By the way, the Mishnah says at the end of Saita, Daf Memches, the Mishnah says, Miyam Shachar Beis Hamikdash, Ein Yom Shein Kilolasa Meruba Mishal Chaverai. Every day is worse than the day before. Velo Yered Hatal Lebracha. When the dew falls, it's bad. Venital Tam Haperois. You know, there's something called fruits. You ever hear? There's this thing in the store. They grow on trees. There's something called fruits. People used to eat it. Why doesn't anyone eat fruits anymore? Because they don't taste good, says the Gemara. Because the day the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, fruit lost its taste. And by the way, the Gemara Baba Basra says, physical pleasure, it's not the same anymore, says the Gemara. Rabbi Yosei Nutal Shumana The world plummets daily, even from a physical standpoint. Life just gets worse and worse and worse. Everything about it. Every aspect of it. Says the Munkacher Rebbe, I just came back from the kever of the Munkacher Rebbe just a few days ago. Says the Munkacher Rebbe and the Shari Yisachar. This is what Rebbe Lezer Akalir means. Espeid b'choshana mispeid chadash. I will eulogize every year a new eulogy. Because every year, since all trouble is rooted in the Chorben, so the tragedy of the Chorben compounds every year. Every year the Chorben Beis Hamikdash is worse. Because it's not just Chorben, it's Chorben and COVID. It's not just Chorben, it's Chorben and Stolen. It's not just Chorben. So every year you need to write a new kinah. You need to write a kinah for COVID-19. You need to write a kinah for Surfside. It's part of Chorben Beis Hamikdash. Al Chorben Beis Hamikdash, Kihuras V'chihudash, Espeid B'choshana V'shana Mispeid Chadash. You need to write a kinah for imploding society. Most people think that, you know, the great empires of uh, yesteryear, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, what happened? A new empire came and conquered them. None of these empires were conquered by invaders. The Roman Empire, the most powerful empire in the world, imploded from within. There was disillusionment with the government and the papal leaders, and it crumbled from within. People think, you know, America will stand forever. No one's going to conquer America. Of course no one's going to conquer America. It will implode from within, which it's doing now, like every great empire. Nobody conquered Rome, so nobody's going to conquer America. It implodes from within. Anti-government, anti-established, defund all authority. That's what happened to every great empire. Says Rav Gifter, all trouble is rooted in the Chorban. Remember last year a new Sefer came out? New Shalsachubas from Rav Chaim Kenievsky. And they asked Rav Chaim, on Tishabav, when you daven for the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, could you daven for a cure for COVID-19? And Rav Chaim Kedarkoi Bakoidesh answered, Ulai <laughs> Efshar. But according to what we're learning, the answer would be, of course, corona, unstable society, crumbling buildings should inspire us to daven for the source of all trouble, according to Rav Gifter, a world without Beis HaMikdash. I'm sure you've heard this idea. I personally have trouble fully accepting this idea. I don't think it's unanimously maintained that the, the Beis HaMikdash, the Chor Beis HaMikdash, is the source of all trouble. 
Rav Soloveitchik, in his commentary to the Kinnis, asks a brilliant question. Here's the question. We commemorate so many tragedies on Tisha B'Av, burning in the Svarim, 1240, Crusades, Holocaust. There's one particular tragedy that there's no mention of in the Kinnis, and that is Chalmaniski pogroms, 1648-1649. There's no mention of it. And it's even stranger because there are actually slichos that were written to commemorate that tragedy, and they're recited on the 20th day of Sivan, which is a fast day, brought by the Noisekel and Shulchan Arach. And why don't we incorporate these slichos on Tishvah? We incorporate all other tragedies. Why not the Chalmaniski pogroms? This is the question of Rav Salvechik. He asks in a very powerful way. I want to read to you his words. I do not know why there are no kinnas recited on Tishabav which commemorate the Chalmanitsky persecutions. The kinnas that were composed to commemorate Chalmanitsky and which are recited on the 20th of Sivan are not said on Tishabav. That's the kasha. So I would like to try to tackle this question. Rav Moshe and Igrois Moshe, Yeradeh Chelek Dalid, asked a different question, a very well-known question. Why is there no national fast day for the worst disaster ever to happen to the Jewish people? The Holocaust. By the way, we're going to speak about tomorrow. There was a big philosophical dilemma where the tragedies of the Holocaust paralleled in Jewish history or are they unparalleled? And the Eish Kodesh, in his drasha, he gave on Hanukkah 1941, he writes, Klal Yisrael, strengthen yourself. We've been there, done that, we've been through this before. We've emerged victorious, we've emerged with our Amuna. We've been here before. And then a year later, he wrote an amendation to his drasha, that was until 1942, but once the Germans instituted mass extermination, a systematic approach to eradicate Klal Yisrael, this was unparalleled in Jewish history. So, this is the greatest tragedy ever to happen to our people. Why don't we fast? Uh, why don't we have a tainus to commemorate the Holocaust? And Ramosha answers, and the Briskarov gives the same answer, but Ramosha has a, an amazing chidosh. Says Ramosha, the reason why there's no fast day to commemorate the Holocaust is because all tragedy inflicted by the prevailing government is rooted in the Chorban. What about, says Ramosha, the Chalmanetsky pogroms? Because that day, we have a fast day on a different calendar date, on the 20th day of Sivan. So why don't we have a fast day for the Holocaust on a different day? Says Ramosha, there's a big chilek between Chalmanetsky pogroms and the Holocaust. Any tragedy that is inflicted by the prevailing government is a result of the Chorban. Because power, monarchy, sovereignty belong to the Jewish people. And then the Babylonians came and they took away our sovereignty. And then the Persians took the sovereignty from the Babylonians that belonged to us. And then the Greeks took it and then the Romans. So anytime the prevailing government is inflicting harm on the Jewish people, that is a direct result of the Chorban. But Chalmanitsky pogroms was not inflicted by the government. Chalmanitsky was, they were rebels. They were anti-government. Anti-government is not rooted in the, in the Chorban. The government itself, when they inflict harm, that's rooted in the Chorban. Says Ramosha, the reason there's no separate tainus for the Holocaust is because the Holocaust is rooted in Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Chalmanitsky pogroms is not rooted in, in uh, the Chorban. 
So this is the answer to Rav question. Why don't we mention Chalmaniski pogroms on Tishabav? It's got nothing to do with Tishabav. What then would Rav Moshe have said about COVID-19? Does that have anything to do with Tishabav? No. How, how does a global pandemic have to do with Tishabav? What would Rav Moshe say about Meron, Stalin? It's got nothing to do with Tishabav. Rav Moshe completely disagrees with this well well-known, oft-quoted idea that all trouble is rooted in Tishabav, says the Moshe, no, it's not true. So then, how can a Tishabav like this, after Klaiso has been reeling from disaster after disaster, be any more meaningful for us? So I want to share with you an idea I once heard personally from Harav Avigdor Miller, Zechah And perhaps we could apply it to this day. There's a pasuk in Kohelas. On a good day, be good. On a bad day, look. What does this mean? Does you ever wonder? You make berachas hamazon, and on the first bracha, berachas hamazon, you thank Hashem for Eretz Yisrael. That makes sense. If you uh, have food, you need land to produce the food. Eretz Yisrael is the best land. We'll thank Hashem for Eretz Yisrael. But then we thank Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for bris milah. I don't understand. I just ate a salami sandwich. Why am I thanking Hashem for bris milah? And then I thank Hashem for Torah. What's Torah got to do with, with the food that I ate? Then I thank Hashem for taking me out of Mitzrayim. What's this whole list of things that we're thanked to rebunish them? We don't thank Hashem for bris any other time of the day. Only after you eat bread. What's the bread got to do with bris milah? Why do we thank Hashem for Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim after you ate a sandwich? Why do you thank Hashem for all of these benefits after you ate bread? Scissor Miller, because here you have a guy, he's in the middle of the work day, and he's in a grouchy, lousy mood. You say, Rabid, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the guy is, I don't know what he's doing, he's trading stocks, he's seeing a patient. You say, Rabid, thank Hashem for bris milah. Bris milah, what's that? All right, now I'm too busy, I'm not thinking about it, I don't really care. Well, I'm not in a good mood. Why would I thank Hashem about Brismila now? Why would I thank Hashem about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim now? See, the problem is that actions are, are within our control, feelings less so, emotions less so. A person is not in full control of their emotions. But after you ate a good meal, you're in a good mood. You know, everybody knows, don't talk to a man when he's hungry. He's in a lousy mood. You need something? Wait until after he's full. After you're full, you're in a good mood. You're happy. You have a good frame of mind. We say, Rabid, we want you now to channel and harness your frame of mind, your good mood, and your feelings of well-being. Channel that good perspective you had to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the benefits in your life because why waste your feeling of contentment on just being content? Channel that to thank Hashem, to be grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank Hashem for Bismillah, thank Hashem for Torah, thank Hashem for Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. Now's the perfect opportunity. Don't let the opportunity go by. By the way, the Maral writes the same thing. Yaakov Avinu hasn't seen Yosef Atzalik for 22 years. It's probably the most emotionally charged moment of Yaakov Avinu's life. He's about to reunite with Yosef. So what, what should he do? He should give him a big hug. He should give him a big kiss. And what does Yaakov Avinu do? He says, Shema. 
What's he saying Shema for? It wasn't Zman Kriya Shema, it was not Kriya Shema. Yosef would have said Shema. The answer is, says the Maral, that Yaakov understood he was about to experience the moment of the greatest outpouring of Ahava in his entire life. So he could have wasted it, and he could have hugged his son with great Ahava. But Yaakov Avinu didn't want the opportunity to be lost. So he decided to channel all of that emotion and all of that feeling and all of that love. He was going to harness it and channel it toward HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that all that love he was feeling toward Yosef, he would channel it to Shema V'yohavta Yisashem Lekecha V'chal Levavcha U'v'chal Nafshecha U'v'chal Me'oidecha That's what we do with Berch HaSamozim. And I believe this is a very good Tachbula for Tishbav. Is what happened in Meiron connected to Tishbav? It may have nothing to do with that. Is the crumbling building in Miami Beach... Is that connected to Chorm Beis HaMikdash? Perhaps not. Was the woman crying in Ram Gamliel's neighborhood that reminded him of the Chorbin, was that connected to the Chorbin? I would argue, according to Ramosha, it wasn't connected to the Chorbin. But Ram Gamliel understood human dynamic. And that is, you can't just turn on the faucet and say, hey, oh, it's Tisha B'av. let me cry over the Beis HaMikdash now. Oh, it's, it's the ninth day of Av, good. Now I'm going to sit on the floor and cry until chatzois. And then we're going to... Yeah, we don't work like that. So you need a Pesach. How do you get the emotions going? So Gamliel had an Amana in his neighborhood. And when that Amana would cry over her personal situation, whose heart would not break hearing a woman cry over the loss of a son? I was completely floored. I give a shear in Queens, Young Israel, Pugarn Hills, on Fridays. And sometimes there's a sponsor. So before this Friday shear, the guy, it's a, it's a shirt to seniors. Most of the people there are grandfathers, great-grandfathers. And the guy announced, today's sponsor? Jack is sponsoring today's shear. So you expect Jack sponsoring Le'iloi Nishmas, his grandfathers. Jack is sponsoring Le'iloi Nishmas, his son, and then, you know, your heart drops. Daniel said, whose yard site was Tishabav. Huh? And then the guy making the announcement said, the guy's name was Danobe. And I'm also sponsoring Le'iloi Nishmas, my daughter, and like that, I'm ready to call it a day, whose yard site was Tishabav. Just happened Friday. That's Tishabav for us. Ram Gamliel was very smart. He knew that you can't just turn on the faucet and cry over the Chorim Beis HaMikdash. But when he heard that woman cry, and it broke his heart, and he was crying, he had the opportunity to channel those feelings toward the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash and be Misaba on Yushalayim. And that's perhaps the Pesach for us this year in Tisha B'Av Tavshin Pe'alef. Sometimes it's very difficult to connect with what it means not to have a Beis HaMikdash. Somebody once came to the Spasemis, he said, Rebbe, I can't cry. Spasemis said, so cry that you're so far from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you're not able to cry. But if you can't cry over the Beis HaMikdash, it's more within reach to be able to cry for families that probably we all know who perhaps have suffered the loss of loved ones 
in recent tragedies that happen, be it in Meiron, be it in Surfside, and be it throughout the last uh, year and a half through the global pandemic. And if we're able to focus on that and soften our hearts and open up the wellsprings of tears through these uh, tragedies that we could relate to and we could connect to, it could be a Pesach for us to feel a little bit more tsar over the Chorum Beis HaMikdash. Thank everybody for giving me the opportunity to share some thoughts. We shall be zoicha to see Ben Hamas Tzion Dushan.